0: Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to open the word and to hear from you and what you'd want us to learn and we just thank you in your son's name amen all right matthew chapter 2 verse 1 now when jesus was born in bethlehem in judea in the days of herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to jerusalem saying where is he that is born king of the jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him when herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, and the scribes, and the people together, he de- demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto them, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of you shall come a governor, and shall rule my people Israel. And Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "'Go and search diligently for the young child, "'and when you have found him, bring word again "'that I may come and worship him also.' And when they had heard the king, they departed, and, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over the place where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great joy, And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. We're gonna stop there. We're we're looking at this story and we're gonna kinda look at who Herod is to begin with. Herod the Great. He was assigned to be king by the Roman Senate, okay? He was not a Jew, and the people of Israel did not accept him really as their king because he was not of the lineage of David. He was not even a Jew. (laughs) So they didn't even accept him, and yet he was assigned to be king. And he was not a very nice person. Um, He was taxing them to death to, to do the only great thing that he has, if you've ever heard anything good about Herod, it's because of all the architecture he did he was a great architecture and designer and he built the he added on to the temple the second temple and it's called Herod's temple with what he built on the wall still stands today at the old wailing wall he built a port city out on the on the Mediterranean he built a palace for himself in the middle of the desert uh, with all kinds of elaborate activities for him there and so he was great in architecture but that was about the only thing he was good at, because he was a tyrant. Uh, this, in history it says that he killed seven of his 10 wives, three of his, uh, two of his own kids because he was afraid they were going to usurp him and take his kingship away from him. He killed his brother for the same reason. He was not a very nice man and he killed people at the drop of a hat. He, he was a person who had some very big problems. And, we see here these wise men coming to see him and saying, where's the one that's born to be king? <laughs> and having knowing his history, you can imagine how that struck him. <laughs> OK, there's no young, I have not had any children in my palace here, so what are you talking about? <laughs> OK, so this is going to be something he is going to be terrified of. And we just want to look at who are the wise men here. Uh, a couple of years ago we wouldn't be able to tell you anything about them but some people have done some great studies now on them and the wise men from the east or the magi were basically kingmakers <laughs> they were a religious priestly set in media media Persia and no king was ever promoted in Persia and the Medes without them approving of it uh, so they were very, very powerful. They existed from about 700 B.C. till past Jesus' birth. And this is a very interesting group. They were monotheistic. They believed that they were from the, from the line of Shem. you know Ham, Shem, and Japheth? Noah's sons. And they were very powerful in their, in their design. They were very well studied. and. Daniel actually became the head of them during his day So there was a Judaism mix within their their group and then they went into Zoroastrianism So it's the the group became very by the time Jesus was was born. It was a very strange group with three different distinct Religious groups in it. So this group probably was one of the groups that was following Judaism and and the and looking forward to the king and they watched the stars But they were very powerful, and and so we just wanna just tell you who they were, so Herod would have known who they were when they came in. Okay, and we sing this great song on Christmas, we three kings of Orient are, well, we don't know how many people there were in this. We know it was much more than three people that came, even if it was only three wise men, but it's been said that there could have been as many as 70 of these wise men coming. They each would have had their bodyguard with them, plus they're carrying Great riches, so they would have had military support with them. They would have had their servants. So this is no small group entering Jerusalem. Okay, uh, you know we probably were looking at even if it was three, you're still looking at 50 or 60 by time their entourage is gathered around them, and they're coming into a a, a city, a gated city. And I'm sure as soon as they saw them on the horizon, Herod was told. Herod, there's this uh, whole group of people <laughs> coming in and then they come in and they go where's the king where's the king to a man who is paranoid about losing his kingdom okay the Jews didn't like him they were waiting for a king king of the line of David they're waiting for a Messiah so he's he's very tentative in this so he's talking to them in verse 2 and it says uh, verse 3 says and when the king heard these things he was troubled and then it adds this little line and all of Jerusalem with him you know if you've ever heard this the saying uh, if mama ain't happy nobody's happy in a family (laughs) well this is the way Jerusalem was if Herod's not happy nobody's gonna be happy because he's gonna take in and put his displeasure on somebody and so Herod's not happy they're looking for a king and he is not happy about this so Jerusalem is in great trouble What is he going to do? How is he going to respond? And I can guarantee that people quickly got, you know, know, gossip and news travels very fast. And when they went in and said, where's the king of the Jews? I'm sure everybody in Jerusalem found out about that very quickly. There's a king. They had already been looking for the Messiah. They've been looking for the Messiah for a while. And there's been all kinds of false messiahs rising up saying, I'm the Messiah and making trouble for Rome. And so we're in this situation. So he calls all together and remember he's not a Jew so he calls the chief priest and the and all the scribes and he says where is this king to be born? And you know it's kind of interesting they're not looking for a king. These these people in their political positions are not looking for a king. They're happy. You know they've got their power. And when we see, think about this, how much trouble did Jesus have with the scribes and the Pharisees? You know, he came and he was going to upset everything they were doing. He was coming to upset the religious practices. He was coming to upset everything that was going on. And they had their power base. And we see this, it's kind of funny as you get into the political season in, 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 like we are now. And everybody is jockeying for their positions and trying to attack one another. And, and when they're all done, they'll all be buddies again and, and be friends and... Make all kinds of terrible laws for us. But this is what's happening here. The scribes and Pharisees come together and they go, Well, you know, we searched in there and Micah 2.5 says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Excuse me, 5-2. I always reverse that for some reason. <laughs> Micah 5-2. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. Now Bethlehem's about 15 miles from Jerusalem. Okay, so this is going to be a very short journey when they leave. But it says he took and he asked them, he, he took them aside privately, and he diligently questioned them. He wanted to know everything about this star. What brought them on this journey? What, why did they come? You know, How long ago did you start? And you know, we've got to think about this. They traveled some two to 300 miles to get here at least. That's if they crossed straight across the desert. If they actually went the, the normal way, they would have skirted the desert and it would have been close to 500 miles. And on a caravan, you were lucky to go 20 miles a day. So even at 200 miles straight across the desert, there it would have been a 10 day trip. If they went the long way, you're talking well over a month. And this was not a trip you just organized and said, okay, we're, we're going to, we saw a star, we're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a Time-consuming, arduous trip that they're making. and You know, we we kind of think I think a lot of times when I cross in, especially the western part of the country, you know, how we take distance for granted. You know, I come from Kingman each day to come here when I come to minister. You know, I read an old ma- uh, an old newspaper from the early 1900s and it talked about somebody being away and they were going to be away for four days just to go to Kingman and back. Okay, uh, you know, and, we, and we take it for granted. We just drive back and forth and don't even think twice about it. You know, but on horseback or on, or on foot, a trip to even Kingman is a long trip. You know, 30 miles on, on foot would be a good day, and not, if not a day and a half. You'd probably stop and camp someplace and, to get there. And yet, you know, we take it for granted, and we, we, when we read this in the scriptures, we go, Wow it took them a long time to get there you know what was the you know, what was the deal well you took time it took time to cross the desert and I said 20 miles was a good their average was about 10 to 15 so we're talking it took them a while to get there and why did they come to worship the king worship the king and then Herod told them in verse 8 he says he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go search diligently for the young child and when you have found him, bring word that I may come and worship him. Now, I already told you how Herod was. I mean, Herod's, Herod, uh, they may not have known who Herod was, but I think they might have had some hint uh, that this was not a true statement. They were wise men, they, they were good at telling whether somebody was telling the truth or not, but God's gonna warn them not to go back. But Herod's lying to them, you know, when you, when you find him, let me know let me know so I can go worship him and in his mind is so I can go kill him now he's already killed two sons a a brother a number of wives I mean anybody he thought was going to be a challenge to his authority was a dead man or a dead woman and so this king this king that the kingmakers are coming to declare as king is not somebody he's gonna let live that is that is not what he's wanting to do He's not even, you know, and he shows that because he's not even willing to go 15 miles with these guys when they leave to go see the king. You know, he's, he's not even willing to do that. He's not out to worship him. The, the scribes and Pharisees that he called aren't going to worship him. You know, they didn't even make the trip to go see the Messiah that the Magi are saying was born. You see how evil this governmental system was that, he, that Herod had put around him they were happy with the status quo you know we don't care about the Messiah we're not we don't we don't want to go see him and in our world today there's so many people that don't want to get to know God don't want to get to see Jesus and you know the one thing about the Christmas season is it does make it easier for us to share the gospel but at the same token so many people don't want to hear the gospel they don't want to hear that this is about the birth of Jesus the Messiah the Savior of the world that's not what people want to hear And we talked last week about you know, the reason for or Sunday night uh, uh, Christmas Eve the reason for the season you now it's not so that we'll have a day to go shopping or a week or a month to go shopping it's not it's not so that we have parties for a week it's to celebrate the birth of the Savior of the, of the world and here we are they're, they're being sent they're being sent to Bethlehem and when they departed, they saw the star hovering over, Jerus- over Bethlehem. There was only 15 miles difference between J- J- Jerusalem and Bethlehem, and it makes sense that they would have gone to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the king was supposed to be, the ruling, and they would have gone to Jerusalem and say, hey, this is obviously where the king is. This is where the palace is. This is where the Jews call the, the city, okay? And still to this day, to the Jews, Jerusalem is the city. And it really is the city because Jesus is going to rule for a thousand years during the millennial kingdom from Jerusalem. It will be the center of of the government that God sets up. And they end up in in Bethlehem following the star, and they were greatly rejoicing. And then for all us poor people who think that the they came at the same time as the stable, we read, and they came into the house where the young child was. Okay, our wonderful little manger scene with the, the Magi there that aren't supposed to be there yet. <laughs> they They got to Bethlehem and we don't know how long it has been. Apparently they said that this has been two years in the making because we're, or maybe even a year and, and Herod went to and went went to kill him cuz Herod is going to give the command to kill all the children 2 years and under so they may they may have said that he they'd seen the star a year ago and he doubled it just to make sure he gets any any child that might possibly be the king so it's probably about a year to 2 years since he's been born they're still in in Naz, in Bethlehem and that would make some sense. Mary's got to recover for a while. They've got, they've got to do the circumcision. They've got to do the purification. That was 40 days out, and at that time they were laying close to the time when they had to return to Jerusalem for Passover or whatever, whatever celebration or Tabernacles, which it depended on when he was born. So they would have stayed there, and 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 they find, and it says clearly a young child, and a young child is anywhere from a baby to a toddler. Be all the way up to 12 years old, <laughs> which we know he wasn't that old. But they found the young child in the house, and it says they bent down and worshiped him. They actually came to worship the newborn king. And you know, we, we always wonder Mary, it says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. You know, how much did Mary and Joseph know and understand? and Annie was sharing today there's a big difference between knowing and understanding we could know lots of things but we don't always understand everything we know and Mary and Joseph knew that they were told that they were giving birth to the Messiah but they didn't really understand what all that meant we talked about Simeon telling them that he was going to be the salvation of Israel the consolation of Israel he went on to tell her that, that she would have a sword pierce her heart because of what he was going to go through. She never understood all of what she was told. And we never would have either. We've got it easy. We know, we know the story. It's just like when, we, when I tell you, you know, when we study the book of Job, you know, we have a great advantage. We have two chapters in the beginning that tells us what's going on. Job didn't know what was going on. And this happens in our life so often we go through things, and we don't understand why. We know that God works all things together for good. We know that he loves us. We know that he's, that he's going to bless us. And then we go through hard times. And we go, God, uh, have you forgotten all the promises in your book? And he goes, no, just be patient. Just be patient. There's a good reason for all of this. Our lack of understanding because of our way we see things Is a problem. Sometimes we often will not see things from the spiritual. Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand all of this. Here are entourage coming to their house, (laughs) royal entourage. Could you imagine that? You know, uh, let's say the president came to your house. Now you know the president does not travel alone. Okay, Uh, he's always got a whole contingent of. Of Secret Service around him, he would have the forerunners coming to tell you that he was there coming. You know, get ready, he's coming. Uh, and of course, you'd have the assembled uh, media around there taking pictures of everything he does. You know, so, if you had a president a visit just from the president, you'd have 40 or 50 people outside your door to scare you to death. What's all this? What's all the commotion out here? This is the same type of thing. These Magi did not travel alone. Now, obviously, they didn't have newspaper and cameras and all of that around them, but they would have had their bodyguards. They would have had all these people standing outside in the the street. And up come the Magi. And what is the first thing they do? They bow down and worship this child. And I think if you were Mary and Joseph, you'd be a little freaked out at this point. When he was born, you had all the shepherds coming in saying the angels had told them and now you've got this group of people that are very much out of your league (laughs) he's a simple carpenter and he's meeting people in the political realm and they come to the door and they worship the child they worship the child and it says that they give them gifts they give them gold frankincense and myrrh and there's Real important reasons that they give them. Gold is a gift that you give to a king. Okay, Gold was the gift of the king. It also expresses de- deity in the scriptures. Frankincense is associated with the priests. If you read about the way the priests and the Jewish worship did, they put frankincense on just about everything that they, they used. It was, it was a gift that the, the priest used. They put frankincense on the showbread. They put frankincense on, on, the, on parts of the offerings, okay? So it is part of the priest. So it's showing that they're dealing with a king, a priest, and again, divinity with the gold as well. And the only oddball one as far as that was going was they gave him myrrh. Now, myrrh represents death because it was used in the burial ceremonies. Very precious herb that they would use and the burial as they would wrap the body up with pounds of myrrh so they were giving him the gifts of a king and the priest and also signifying his death and this is what they understood they understood what they were doing and they worshiped this child and the next thing that happens is that Mary and Joseph are told to run to Egypt We didn't read that one, but that is what they were told to do. And then Herod comes in and kills the children. And they were able to get away from that purge. And they spent somewhere between three to seven years in Egypt, depending on, because you can figure out the kings and the rulers. The God protecting Jesus. Get him out of there. Get him out of there before Herod came. And We just want to look at this as we we examine it what is our desire toward God do we want to worship him do we choose to worship him hopefully everybody in this room is in that place (laughs) but you know our goal is to share the gospel with others to bring them into a place where they want to worship God as well because he is the only way to the Father Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me he is truth he is the way He is the only way we like to think there's other ways because there's so many people that haven't heard him and maybe maybe being good enough is going to do it but that's not going to do it that's the that's the way that religion teaches you just be good enough to deserve to go to heaven do more good than bad and and you'll be okay and that's a lie because the wages of sin singular is death but the gift of God is eternal life so we just want to share with you and let's bow our heads Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to share. We thank you for the opportunity to to look at the worshiping that you had, even as a child. The many people who displayed your love and your care. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, we ask that they just simply will say, Lord, I am a sinner. I deserve punishment. I believe that Jesus died and paid for for my sin, and I ask him to come into my heart. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.